1: Hello and welcome back to another Housing Matters podcast. At least one of your favorite data nerds is back for everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist here at the California Association of Realtors and I'm very excited to have the expert, my boss, your favorite economist, Leslie Appleton Young with me today.
0: Thanks Jordan. Hi everyone. Thank you for uh for joining us. I think um Jordan and Oscar do such a great job every couple of weeks uh talking about what's going on in the market and obviously we are at a at really a critical time in in the economy and in our nation's future right now. So we thought it would be a a good opportunity for me to come back in and and add a few maybe words of perspective and uh, have a talk with jordan about everything that's going on with the uh, coronavirus so here we are
1: yeah definitely there's things that are changing and developing it seems like by the by the day and by the hour even so we wanted to bring in the big guns to to find out what's you know really happening and kind of cut through all the the noise and try and see what signal, if any, is out there and just kind of talk about what's coming down the pike. So I think my agenda, at least, is to talk a little bit about the macro economy, because I think so much is contingent on what this virus is going to do to the broader economy. And of course, that's, I think, what's going to drive the housing outcomes, um, which then I want to kind of get into after we go ahead and set that kind of broad context. So we'll talk about what the market impacts are that we've seen so far and and more importantly, what we expect over the next couple of weeks and months, and then uh, touch a little bit on kind of what the, the updated forecast looks like. Although it's, uh, very tentative with a huge margin of error around it, I think, at this point in time, just because we're so early in the game right now. And then I think it'll be good also to just wrap up with some of the resources that CAR has available because I'm getting questions, and I know you're getting questions all the time too, um, and there actually is a, a lot of resources available for our members. So, uh, But before we get into that, I want to just talk about the the economy in general because it seems like every day, more and more forecasts are being downgraded by the same folks, right? It's like you can't put out the forecast for more than a couple of hours and then it gets downgraded. And so there is a real concern about the economy shrinking.
0: Yeah, Jordan, absolutely. I think one of the interesting things over the last few weeks is um, even at CAR, we've been doing, you know, some scenarios of, you know, most likely best case and worst case. And What we've seen over the last few weeks is our worst case has typically become our most likely case um, every week, and we had the same kind of surprises uh, last week with um, J.P. Morgan um, saying, you know, second quarter growth, they revised it from a smaller number to minus 14 percent, and Goldman Sachs went to 25, and then... The big number um, uh, most recently was the president of the uh, St. Louis Fed saying um, that it was going to be down 50% uh, GDP in the second quarter. So this is, um, I, th- I think the honest answer is nobody really knows. Right. But when you look at the trajectory of employment and you look at the market, markets really shutting down in, in various industries around the country, um, you can't help but be a little bit nervous.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, the one common theme, regardless of the specific number, is just that people have uh, kind of grown progressively less optimistic over the the last couple of weeks and i think that even though we're talking about a wide range of, of forecasts it does seem like at least during the second quarter there's a pretty broad consensus that the economy is going to shrink so um, and and i think that you know that that's going to play itself out in the labor markets again it's still you know kind of too soon To tell how bad it's gonna be, but I think that we already saw those initial claims inch up and I think that that's just really the the tip of the iceberg again when We were texting yesterday. It was just like every article was so um, You know Kind of depressing and you think about restaurants and hotels and so I think the expectation is that we could see some real significant job loss
0: Right. And it really is that um, element of uncertainty in every aspect of this that is the most concerning, I think, for the overall economy. I mean, in our industry, we talk a lot about confidence, you know, and how people are feeling about things. And you look at what's going on today and you sense the fear, you sense in some areas some panic, certainly concern And then you look at the data and see how many people are working um, shorter hours, how many people have already been laid off, and what the trajectory is for the transportation industry. You mentioned the hospitality industry, and I could go on and on. So this is is so broad-based with an even um, more targeted impact on moderate and lower-wage Um, wage workers, right, the Mm -hmm. hourly workers that are working for small businesses and don't have this big corporate um, infrastructure to support them over the next couple of months.
1: Right. And I think that that's really, you know, we always say that in the good times too, right? And we were talking about prices that were going up by 10 and 15% last year. It was because we had this really strong economy and this very low level of unemployment. So the same way that that kind of drives us during the good times, that's really the one I think for us to, to keep an eye on. Because, you know, again, when people are or aren't working, that's a direct translation through to housing demand. And so uh, that's, that's one that I think we'll continue to keep an eye on those, those unemployment claims. And, you know, the other thing that we saw this morning, again, just when we thought we kind of had our, our hands wrapped around this was that the Fed makes another big move in the markets. We've already seen kind of some announcements last week, but then, and I think the, the Wells Fargo release that they had today that said, you know, if in 2008 they were bringing out the kind of monetary bazooka, then this is like the, the equivalent of the monetary nuclear bomb because they're getting so involved in backstopping different markets and trying to provide liquidity. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty unprecedented.
0: Well, it really is. It's like helicopter money, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter right now where it goes. We just need it to, to, prop up, uh, to prop up the economy. And the Fed has taken every tool out of its toolbox and thrown it on the table and said, we're not going to let this happen again. And certainly for many of us, what happened 12 years ago is very fresh in our minds, right? And so it's very encouraging to see some of the things that they struggled with, the policymakers back then, this time around, it's, you know, and in, in the Senate, they're still, as we speak, you know, waiting to um, uh, figure out some kind of compromise for this $1.4 trillion stimulus right. or whatever it is. But there doesn't seem to be a disagreement about injecting money Uh, into the economy. So monetary policy, fiscal policy, everybody's on the same page and it really is go big or go home, right? Right. They really don't want to see, you know, people getting behind on their mortgages and foreclosures and evictions. So there's just been a lot of things happening to make sure that doesn't happen. So that's, I think, something we can be pleased about.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think especially in our industry, you know, to see the, the long-term rates in particular come down, it's been kind of a head scratcher, right? Because we have the Fed taking all this unprecedented activity and, and, you know, even the 10 year treasuries are down below 1% again. And we were seeing rates as, as recently as like a week or two ago, they were up in the four and a half percent range. So, so I think that this at least will help to get those spreads down and at least make mortgage rates look like they're following the same path as as these other things that they're normally tied to. Maybe that'll help take some of the sting off.
0: You know, I think it will. It was interesting coming off historic lows to see that uh, unexpected increase. But, you know, lenders are being inundated with refi activity, right? I mean, you've got these historic low rates. Let's get in and refi. And and they can't handle it. And there may be a little bit of uh, rationing going on um, as well to not encourage... Uh, encourage people to do so but i think it will all shake out and we'll get back to a spread that looks more like the historic uh, 175 basis points that we are uh, we are used to but as we were noting earlier i think the implication is low rates are great for the housing industry but they don't help you if you don't have a job and great. with the job losses kind of focused in the area of of people that um, are going to need to take out loans as opposed to the high end, which we'll talk right. about in a little bit. That's a real problem.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, I, I, it's just crazy, even over the last couple of weeks, because I remember just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how low rates maybe will help to buffer, or maybe they might even outweigh the kind of economic implications. And it just shows you, you know, with these, and they're not crackpot, uh, forecasters out there, we're talking about the Atlanta Fed and Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase that are having these much more uh, pessimistic forecasts, and so it's 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 come a long way just over the last couple of months, so, uh, or couple, well, couple yeah, of yeah, even perhaps.
0: over the last couple of
1: weeks, you yeah.
0: know? It's yeah. like, I just think it was a, like four weeks ago, we were talking about supply chain interruptions, <laughs> like back in the good old days when that was the only thing we needed to worry about. And again, it's just a very different world. And again, I, I don't think we can emphasize enough, this is unprecedented. This isn't a normal recession. This is really the economy going into a freeze um, a freeze if you will and um, it's 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 hard to find a model to to compare it or a past experience to compare this to
1: right and it, I mean you think about the the Great Recession I just went back into the BEA data the other day just to do a little bit of research and brushing up on 2008 and it was like the the worst recession since the Great Depression and our like single biggest, uh, quarterly loss on GDP was like in the 8% range. And I think that's like, you're hard pressed to even find somebody as optimistic to, to be forecasting 8% for the second quarter. And so um, this is, is really significant.
0: Well, the other thing, just to revisit jobs for a minute, the um, uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin last week said we could get to 20% unemployment, and everybody was whoa, you know, and then we have uh, the estimate coming out of, I think it's um, JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs, that it's um, along with their 50% reduction in GDP, they're saying a 30% unemployment rate. So these numbers are really very large and unprecedented.
1: Yeah, and again, we topped out last recession, which was the worst since the Great, you know, Depression, at ten and a half percent. So just uh, uh, much larger. And you see that actually, which is a nice kind of segue into you know what we're seeing a little bit closer to home, in our backyard, right? Because for the last two or three weeks, we've been running uh, a survey of California realtors. And, you know, we've gotten about 1,000 people each over the last three weeks talking about uh, concerns. And you can actually kind of follow this, this upswing in concern and in impact through these, these numbers because we've seen that uh, those concerned about negative impacts were just about half of those sampled two weeks ago. And, and it was almost 80% again in, in the most recent one that I think was last Friday.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the challenges um, that we see from the statewide perspective is how different the impact has been depending upon what area of the state you're talking to. And there are parts in in the Central Valley and Northern California where it just hasn't had much of an impact at all. And then you have the Bay Area where Um, they've really been put put on lockdown for a while and down uh, in Los Angeles. So that's the other thing that's challenging. It's hard to really paint it all with with the same brush.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we have just like, you know, all of the other aspects of California's policy making is there's a patchwork of different approaches and different rules, depending on uh, where you go and that that makes it hard from from our end right to be able to provide uh, recommendations and things because in a lot of cases it does depend on on where you live
0: right and just going back to this pulse in the market um, i couldn't agree with you more i mean the most stunning thing about it was just how rapidly the situation has changed in terms of this is impacting my business this is impacting my clients this yeah. is a, a tough situation and uh, we hear you <laughs> let yeah. me just say yep. that we hear you
1: yeah, and I think, you know, one of the interesting things that 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 came out of last week's survey was we were asking about uh, you know agents still doing virtual tours and things like that. Are they still finding ways to uh, conduct business? So I think that this is a challenge for realtors to be creative and and to do all of these kind of unprecedented things that we, you know, because as you mentioned, it's it's not business as as usual. And and you know, with people worried about going out and looking at properties on the consumer. Consumer side that, um, you know, we are going to be tested in terms of uh, finding ways to still be, be successful.
0: Well, like a few positive things, you know, you've got consumers that are essentially sheltering in place at home. They've got a lot of time to do fun things on the internet, and looking at housing, you know, is certainly, um, certainly, them. so I think that's... Right. Um, that's something to kind of um, to think about. The other thing that we've started kind of brainstorming um, uh, you know in our area of, of Jordan and, and throughout the building was, is what is behavior going to look like when we come out of this? How will things have changed? and as you noted, I think virtual tours I mean we've had these technolo- technological tools around for a while. But when you didn't have to and everything was going fine, it was business as usual. And now it's like, okay, I need to know how to do this and I need to know how to create that. And what is Zoom and how can I figure it out? (laughs) So I think it's really accelerating trends that we've seen for some time. But this is this is a tipping point.
1: Right. Yeah. And it might be, you know, taking the kind of long view, and I think not just from the, the real estate industry standpoint, I think even just as an economy and a society that we're kind of, uh, you know, getting that that kick in the pants, if you will, to, you know, accelerate some of these changes that have been happening or to find ways to to adapt kind of, you know, now that we're, we're up against it. And that could ultimately end up being a, a net positive once we get past this kind of initial shock period, right, that we'll be leading. And meaner and and ready to be more efficient and productive as an economy and things
0: like that. Yeah, no, I I I agree a hundred percent. I I I think we need to kind of look look long term and realize that with all of the um, economic turmoil and all of the. Um, machinations in the stock market, you know, real estate is looking very attractive. And sure. I think we're going to see a, a, a positive low rate environment for, uh, for the foreseeable future. And I think people are going to be looking towards real estate as one of those alternative assets that yeah. um, they, they, you know, they're going to find out about. So I think there are some positive things for our industry in all of this.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and consumers are still positive, so we talked a little bit about this survey of members that we did where, you know, we're seeing growing concern and things like that. We actually are also doing a housing sentiment index, and again, backward looking, this was conducted just through only the first week of, of March, but with rates having been so low during that week, we still saw people thinking that it was a good time to take advantage of low rates, and actually, the overall sentiment index went up, which I think is an anomaly, because when you actually you know, it was just because rates had gone down uh, right. so low for that one week that we were serving that both uh, expectations for a good time to buy. But then, when you look at you know expectations for what the economy was going to do and whether it was a good time to be selling a home, that's when they got a little bit more pessimistic. And I think that again, you mentioned that we're such a consumer confidence-driven industry that we can probably expect a little bit of a downshift on the demand side. Yeah
0: yeah and you know it's very bittersweet. We had a strong fourth quarter uh, last year, right. and we came into two thousand and twenty with a great January and a great February. We put out our release earlier this week, and it was just almost kind of hard to put it out put it out because right. put it out because the numbers looked so good, and it was just right before everything turned with the with the coronavirus. so I think that. Mentality and that attitude towards real estate. is still there The big question mark is how long is it going to take us? To get to the other side of this and nobody Nobody knows right now, you know, but once we do I think we're going to be positioned very well It's how do we get through? You know once you know the shelter in place kind of takes away public life, you know And and you you really can't conduct uh, business as usual so that's the big question mark and i don't know and nobody knows
1: no yeah exactly that's the the hard thing to to forecast this because you know if you If you see these kind of job losses that happen during shelter in place, but then we kind of get the the virus under control and everybody gets right back to their their old job or do these businesses have to be, you know, force themselves to run a lot leaner um, and the jobs don't come back and it's a persistent, you know, sustained uh, period where these jobs go away. And that I think is still the unknown at this point. When you look at the cases, they continue to rise, right? More people are getting sick and dying every day, unfortunately. Unfortunately, and it suggests that uh, it's got, you know, another six to eight weeks or so to run its course I think it's it's just that's the biggest Question mark and so but I think you know your, your point is well taken too. that it's important to keep that context in mind that we we came into the year on a solid footing And this is purely a an externally driven show And so if we can get it nipped in the bud then then we kind of had that solid foundation that we w- had been building on in January and February
0: right and any Comparisons with what happened with the financial crisis in 2007-8, it's just a very different environment for housing. We don't have uh, the crazy uh, lending. We don't have a spike uh, in in inventory. We're just on much more solid footing. So that's the plus side. The minus side is we're just not sure how long the economy in general is gonna be hobbled by this virus.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think as much as the second quarter uh, forecasts are all over the map that you see the bounce back forecasts are also all over the map. And so I think that, you know, the the key takeaway from my readings is, you know, nothing is certain except for the uncertain is that, you know, people just don't really don't really know yet. So. um,
0: Right. And then we probably just want to say a few words about the the entry level part of the market and the luxury Part of the market, and we kind of alluded to the entry level has this huge positive, which is very attractive rates. Right, but it also has the highest degree of um, actual and anticipated um, job loss. So that kind of cuts that. Yeah. and at the other end, you probably still have people that um, are looking, and I I certainly hear anecdotally around the state that there are multi-million dollar sales that are still uh, going on. But this sure. is the group that doesn't really. Um, respond as much to low rates, but they respond a lot to a drop in their portfolio. And there's been a huge, what, the 30% drop in the market um,
1: during this period.
0: It's a big, big, big nut.
1: Yep, and we're back to basically we've given up the last four years of gains. I was looking this morning or before we jumped on to record this and we are back to, you know, January 2016 levels of where we were uh, on financial markets. And so there's always these kind of countervailing effects where, you know, people have lost wealth and that takes them out of the housing market potentially. But then you have people who are potentially looking at bigger hits to their stock portfolio and it makes real estate more uh, attractive, and so I think that that makes it hard to forecast the the top end in in particular, because I right. think that the uh, the financial markets could still have a ways to go, and and so that actually you know goes in favor of housing. I think again, zooming out, the long view is the real estate is still very attractive, and so you know once we get past this. We're good to go. But I think that, you know, yeah, you're, you're right that you, you can only be incented by affordability and low rates at the bottom end um, if you've got a job and can actually take advantage of those low rates. And so um, I think that you could see a big shift in terms of the composition of the market this year.
0: Right. And so this is why it's always painful to have to come up with a single point forecast and why we've really embraced the idea of scenarios and laying out explicitly what the assumptions are for, for jobs and for the time it's going to take to hit bottom and for uh, the length of the re- recovery, because those are the things that are going to impact the right number but from this vantage point it is just way too early to tell what that number is and what the right story is for what's happening
1: right so yeah we're uh, we're keeping an eye on it and i think that you know on the sales front it's it's you know a lot more likely that we're going to see this reduction in in sales but again the orders of magnitude i think are really dependent on on the unknown at this point, which is how long this virus is going to go on, and how long folks are going to be without jobs and income, and I think it's even, even earlier to be able to say anything about what that's going to mean for prices. Do you do you agree with that? I I agree a
0: hundred percent, and that's why I'm much more comfortable laying out you know assumptions for different scenarios and kind of working them through. I mean, my gut is. We are going to see a sales decline, and we are going to see some softening in prices. But the degree um, is really contingent on what we just talked about. You know, yeah. how long is this? And some of the reading I did over we- over the weekend used the phrase, "But if this continues into 2021, and that's when I almost stopped reading because yeah, exactly. I can get behind. You know, the six to eight weeks, but the but the reality is. There is a possibility that this could be a longer, um, a longer experience, and that um, you know that is a concern, and we've just got to keep keep revisiting it. I I just hope that um, everyone listening is is just following the guidelines, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, isolating from other people, because there are there are ways to Um, flatten the curve and that's what it is it's very simple it's just uh, a hard and bitter pill to swallow when you're in an industry that depends on on contact
1: yeah yeah and or just sanity right i can tell you as a as a dad of two small kids who i've been in uh 24 7 contact with for the past uh, (laughs) six and a half days that it's uh we're all being tested. So, yes. Uh, yes. but on that note, I think it's it's also important too, from a from a business standpoint and just a personal standpoint, uh, to know about all this great information that CAR um, has has put out so far, of which we're just only a tiny fraction on the on the market data side. So. Um, We did stand up a new micro site. Do you remember the the URL for that, Leslie?
0: Yeah, it's car.org backslash coronavirus. And it is everything you want to know from the perspective of your profession, right yeah. um, um, as a California realtor and it's, it's beautifully done, it's very comprehensive. it is contact uh, content rich and we strongly encourage you to go uh, go there regularly and get updates on what is happening.
1: Yeah, so we're updating that in real time. It's kind of the, the vehicle that all of the different components of CARs, you know, legal muscle and business muscle um, and research, go, you know, are, are kind of uh, being collected and there's weekly updates and, and real-time updates and you'll find our podcast there and all of the amazing legal webinars and and also the uh, the advisory form of which CAR has been a, a big leader in getting out in front and just making sure that those disclosures are there. And of course, all of our tried and true things that, that people love so much, like our legal hotline and mortgage rescue and, and all the other stuff that we're doing behind the scenes.
0: So we hope to be your partner always, but especially at times like this where things are not Um, Are not easy. So thank you for turning uh, turning to us and uh, we are we are doing the best we can with what is an unimaginable uh, situation that um, uh, You know tough to forecast
1: Yeah, definitely But, uh, but information is coming out all the time. And as it does, we will make sure to keep you updated as well. Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise and talk me personally down off the ledge with some real uh, information. It was a lot of fun.
0: It was great. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to be here.
1: Okay, great. Well, that, that's it for this episode of the Housing Matters podcast. Until next time, have a good one.